Hey, it's Brandy again. Just wanted to give you a reminder to watch out for part four in this four-part series. And as a quick teaser, the next episode is going to address some more viewer questions. Things like what to do about your brand or business story and how to deal when things in business aren't going the way you want them to. Hey there, welcome to BSing with Brandy where my mission is to help you get shit done. I'm your host, Brandy Good, and today we're going to talk about something more on the personal side of business, the emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship, business, being your own boss, um, the idea of finding your passion. <laughs> For those of you who are just listening to the audio version, that was in air quotes. Um, and I'm probably going to get a little more vulnerable than usual about all of these things on this um, episode. So our topic today was kind of last minute. I had something else planned, but I bumped it back because I had all these thoughts swirling in my head the last couple weeks uh, and this stuff was just dying to come out. So instead of the nice planned organized episode that you were supposed to get this week, uh, you're going to get something a little bit more off the cuff, a little bit more casual, um, hopefully still entertaining and valuable and also a little bit sniffly and scratchy because I am fighting a cold right now. <laughs> Let's talk about health stuff. So like I said, in in the fall, things have always, always been like crazy busy in terms of health stuff and illness. Uh, so in 2008, um, if you've heard this story a thousand times, please bear with me. Uh, so in 2008, my husband first got sick and it was in the fall of 2008. So that was the first time he almost died. And then in the fall of 2012, and there was a lot of stuff that happened in between then. Um, but in the fall of 2012 is when he almost died again and had to have major surgery. And then I'm going to forget the year. I didn't, I didn't make notes. This is all just off the top of my head. Um, last year, so 2008, right in the midst of me switching my business. Um, and I think I talked about this. Uh, my husband ended up in the hospital again. He didn't almost die, but it was a situation where it could have been, it could have been very serious if not caught. Um, and so he was in the hospital, uh, and then about a week after he was admitted to the hospital and he was in, he was in there for about three weeks, um, my mom was admitted to another hospital in the same city. Um, she was very, very sick. Uh, we almost lost her. She's fine now. It's all good. Uh, but it was very serious. 
and so in the midst of fall busyness with clients with events my husband and my mom were both in different hospitals and so I was going back and forth I actually gave a presentation <laughs> I was at one hospital in the morning I hopped over to an event I did a presentation uh, and then I immediately left even though I had been invited to stay for the whole day I immediately left and went over to the other hospital <laughs> that was that day um, and at this then right around the same time for me I was recovering from a back sprain which also interfered with some events that had happened um, so I was dealing with that I developed a sty <laughs> in my eye while my people were in the hospital so I don't know if I caught something in the hospital uh, probably um, or I don't know can styes be caused by stress Um, so that was happening and then uh, of course I eventually caught a cold after everything had kind of calmed down but then this year so I was so determined to plan better for this year because even though my business was different so it's a new incarnation of my business and the seasonal kind of seasonal patterns weren't exactly the same as they had been with my the previous version of my business I still I just had a feeling that fall was gonna be busy and so I planned I planned a little bit um, I did better than in past years but clearly I still didn't plan as good as I could have um, so there's been events um, part of my solution to that was I just am not attending everything so I got, I got really picky about what I attended. Uh, so there's things I'm missing out on that I'm, I'm sad to miss out on. Uh, but I think if I forced myself to go to them, I wouldn't enjoy it. And it would have nothing to do with the actual event and just me maybe being burnt out or thinking, oh, I could be working or I could be relaxing. Um, so that was one of the things I did. I also blocked off time in my calendar so people couldn't book stuff with me, uh, which uh, I don't know how much that helped. Uh, maybe a little bit, but maybe didn't make as big a, of an impact as I had hoped. Um, and then, of course, the thing that I couldn't plan for was more like medical things. So because sometimes I'm stupid <laughs> uh, with my back sprain uh, I kind of you know how you start to feel better and so then you stop doing the things that were making you feel better uh, so like the exercises and the treatments and the things I was doing to help with my back sprain they kind of trailed off throughout the year and sure enough you know, starting in September, all of a sudden my back started to bother me again. So I've been dealing with that uh, and trying to remember all like the exercises and the stretches and the things that I was supposed to be doing and getting back into them. Um, <laughs> so there was that. Also, I'm on my second cold of the fall, uh, which usually I don't catch colds until after the stressful period, you know, like my body like does this 
until everything is over and then as soon as it's over I get sick and it's why I'm often so sick for Christmas because my body's held out over the fall and then as soon as like everything is done and I relax that's when I get sick not this year this year I've been sick twice um, me and my husband are trading colds so that's awesome um, <laughs> but in addition to that my husband has some new medical things going on um, that we're trying to figure out so there's you know hospital visits and referrals and and things like that going on uh, which because they're new things um, they're they're more stressful even if they don't even if they're not super super serious um, because they're new things it's just as stressful as if it was something that was super super serious this is I think a weird a weird thing that is specific to people who have dealt with or who have experience with someone in their family being really really ill for a long period of time so when things happen you know because I I get I get comments from people all the time not so much these days because my husband is doing very well but in the past it would be like I don't know how I don't know how you deal with all this stuff and the thing is it just becomes your normal and so it's like oh we're dying today but we've gone through this before so we know what to do here's what we're gonna do this is what how we take care of it and everything is fine but suddenly one day like you have I don't know a speck on your finger and it's something brand new and it's like <laughs> like I don't know how to deal with this because it's it's something new <laughs> and you think well it could be five million things you know like it could be like literally a tiny sliver or it could be some new rare form of cancer that nobody's ever heard of so when you have new medical things uh, it's oddly it's almost more stressful than if it's something that you've been dealing with for a while just simply because it's new and you don't know what's going on so there's that also my mom who completely recovered from her her illness last year now has a new illness I won't go into the details I feel so bad for her <laughs> um, yeah so she has a new thing to deal with that we've just we've just found out about it's gonna affect her it'll affect her day-to-day -day, um, and the doctors are trying to figure out the best way to treat it so so that was that was something that uh, came up last week so that was awesome <laughs> so this seems to be I mean there was a I think I had a lot more ahas in the past two months than maybe in previous falls but also a lot of the same kind of bullshit happening as well uh, so good and bad and so when it's just all bad stressful things happening I typically I don't I don't talk to you guys about those kinds of things because there isn't a lot of value in me uh, talking about oh here's all the shitty things that are happening um, but in amongst some of the shitty things there was a lot of light bulb moments and those were the kinds of things that I wanted to share because 
clearly I'm not the only one, you know, who has all of these like issues going on while they're trying to run a business or who uh, struggles with the whole like Steve Jobs kind of vision for business. Um, here's the first example I could think of. There's probably somebody more, uh, more recent. Uh, I was going to say Gary Vaynerchuk, but actually, um, uh, my, I'm coming around on Gary V. Uh, that's a story for another day, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm much more open, open to him than I used to be. Uh, so that that's what's been going on the the next part of this is going to be viewer questions so let's let's jump into those um and then we will have to find a good place to split this episode up all right question one <laughs> Question one is from Jody Graham. Uh, it's actually a two-parter, so I'm actually going to answer it as if it's two separate questions. Uh, so Jody is a productivity coach, and she's based out of Toronto. Um, and I will link you to her website in the show notes. Um, she has lots of good resources. If you, if you're having trouble getting shit done from like a productivity mindset kind of place. Um, if you know what you're doing and you just need the tools, then that's kind of where I come in. So, um, cause I know I've had, I've had people approach me about, oh, you help with productivity. And it's like, I kind of do, but I'm coming out from a different angle anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Jody's first question, I'll read it off to you. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever not been an entrepreneur, but if you were, I'd ask what the turning point was for you when you decided to work for yourself full time. What motivated you? What was the experience? Why you did it? Okay, so I touched on this a little bit when we were talking about passion, but I will, um, I will tell the, I will tell the tale. <laughs> so I was not an entrepreneur for a long time. I actually never pictured myself being an entrepreneur, the idea of running my own business sounded exhausting. Um, because I, I've known, you know, a lot of people, I grew up in a, in a really small town. And so of course, all of the businesses in the town were run by people who lived there. So in a sense, I can say, well, I know a lot of small business owners, but of course I never really thought of them as small business owners or entrepreneurs. It's just like, well, somebody has, it's a small town. You have to have a restaurant. <laughs> you have to have at least some sort of grocery store or convenience store, someplace where people can get milk at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. Um, you have to have, as a small town, you have to have a bar. <laughs> you know, like there has to be a gas station, these kinds of things. And so, you know, those were just the services that were in town. I didn't think of those people as small business owners. Um, and my parents certainly, you know, they, they did the, they did jobs. They did, they were workers. Um, that was, that was what they did. So that was kind of what I picture for myself. Uh, so 
the the day I decided to become an entrepreneur. So this is one of those things that actually I can still picture in my head. I can't tell you what day it was, but I can picture myself sitting in my house where I was sitting, where my husband was sitting, when I had like the idea that, oh shit, I'm going to have to start my own business. And it was, that's literally what the thought was. Oh shit, I'm going to have to start my own business. <laughs> so, um, I was working a place that I called a soul sucker. Um, and it was sucking my soul. Uh, I had actually developed or was developing or was on the cusp of developing some sort of anxiety disorder. Um, I had anti-anxiety medicine in my purse that I had to carry around with me. Uh, I actually had a panic attack at work once. Uh, the people who I used to work with probably don't even know that because I never talked about it before. <laughs> um, bless my husband's heart for putting up with me during, during that period where I was super, super stressed out from work. Um, because I would come home from work and I would just complain about work. And, you know, and that was kind of a transition phase between him being healthy and him being sick. So healthy him had to put up with um, stressed out me and then sick him had to put up with stressed out me <laughs> so I was like off and on antidepressants um, I was I was a miserable miserable jackass for for quite a while uh, I did start to turn it around towards the end <laughs> but it I loved what I did uh, the money and the benefits were good and that was why I stayed, um, because it certainly gotten to the point where I didn't necessarily like who I was working with. And it wasn't because they were bad people. It's because the entire office environment was incredibly toxic. Um, so people that I used to hang out with and consider friends and we would always go for after work drinks and, you know, go to events on weekends and stuff that all stopped because I barely wanted to see those people when I went into the office, never mind outside of the office. Um, and it definitely, and it got to the point where I finally had to admit to myself, okay, the money is not worth it. Uh, because, like, there was other people in the office who were hanging around and they were just as, if not more miserable than me. And I could see how it was affecting their mental health and their physical health. Uh, and I was like, okay, I don't want to be that. So, again, the first step is awareness. Uh, and so once I realized that, then the hard work of actually getting to the point of saying, okay, something has to change. So what, what can change? And, you know, I tried to change things in the work environment. <laughs> um, I tried to change my job into something that I enjoyed more uh, didn't, didn't quite work out. Um, I tried to change my physical environment of my work. Uh, again, didn't really work out. I, I, I certainly couldn't change my coworkers. I couldn't change who I worked with. Uh, that was pretty much set in stone. Um, but I could distance myself from them. 
um, because you know that that thing you are the five people you spend the most time with well yeah uh, when the five people that you spend the most time with are miserable guess what kind of person you turn into so I I had to distance myself from most of we'll say 90% of my co-workers um, that helped a little bit that actually probably had the biggest impact of anything I tried but at the same time that can only do so much um, so I actually I went on a holiday I was so happy to go on a holiday I went on a holiday with a friend and then when I got back I was dreading work it was like a holiday hangover um, so if any of you out there you're doing a nine-to-five or even if you're running your own business and you get back from a holiday and you absolutely dread starting work that's a big red flag and so actually I was more miserable after my holiday than I'd ever been um, and I couldn't ignore it anymore and so it was like okay well uh, I can try to I can apply for other jobs in my company you know so I could move to a different department um, I could or I could quit those those are what and get a new job those were what I saw as my options so the the issue was that the job that I did in the apartment that the department that I worked in was pretty specialized and even though some of the skills were translatable um, I had years and years of all this practical knowledge built up that that couldn't that couldn't carry forward and so I didn't also uh, I didn't know because the company I worked for was leaving such a bad taste in my mouth that I didn't even know if moving departments was going to be the answer uh, because I was still going to be having to deal with all my current co-workers on a semi-regular basis, right? So there was that. And then I started job hunting. And what I found was that because so many of my skills were learned on the job, um, I didn't go to school for tech things or business things. I have a psychology degree. Um, and then I have some project management courses, but never finished the certification because the certification was going to be for that job that I was doing. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of like letters behind my name, so I couldn't just walk into another company and lay down a bunch of certificates that proved I could do what I said I could do. Um, so I was competing with people for jobs who had like computer science degrees. And obviously I wasn't getting any of those jobs. So my, um, my alternative was, well, I could start a job at another company down at the bottom and work my way up. Uh, that didn't really appeal to me and the reason was because the one good thing about the place where I worked besides the work that I actually enjoyed and the benefits was that those people, because I'd known them for so long, they knew my husband for so long, they were super understanding about when he got sick I needed a lot of time away and sometimes it was planned time away um, sometimes it was emergency time away 
and sometimes I couldn't get out of bed and so I would just have to phone in and say it's one of those days <laughs> they were super super understanding of that so the idea of going to a new company where I was brand new starting at the bottom and suddenly I'm walking in and going oh yeah my husband's sick and I need random days off and and here's here's how things are gonna go I was like oh, that's not gonna fly and that was when I had the oh shit I'm gonna have to start my own business and I was sitting in the living room and my husband was sitting like on the couch watching TV and I was sitting in a chair and I was looking at him and I was going how am I going to tell him <laughs> this that I'm gonna quit my job with the steady paycheck and the amazing benefits and try to do something on my own with like no experience being a business owner um, there was also, I'm going to admit this, there was also a tiny, tiny part of me because I was so, I was so resentful towards the soul sucker and towards the people who ran the place that a tiny, tiny part of me wanted to show them this is how you run a business. The way that you guys are running this place is awful. And I can see everything you're doing that's awful and here's how it should be done. So I'm going to run my own business and I'm going to do it the right way and I'm going to show you guys. So there was a little bit of spite, not going to lie. There was some spite uh, built into that. <laughs> but um, most of it was just that something has to change and it has to change now. Um, otherwise, I'm going to end up... Uh, like on disability for stress leave. That was where that was where this was going. My doctor actually wanted to write the note, um, told me I needed it, and I said no. <laughs> so we were basically on that path. Um, so I didn't get into entrepreneurship because I had dreams of being an entrepreneur. Although I always did have a secret fantasy about um, owning a coffee shop or a bookstore uh, and I shared that with some girlfriends one time and it was hilarious because we'd all kind of had the same the same dream so we decided one day the three of us would open up like a bookstore with a coffee shop in it and then it got more and more elaborate from there we would offer more and more services <laughs> but um, so that kind of jokey fantasy was the closest I'd ever been to thinking about entrepreneurship. So um, again, I didn't have like a passion to do something. I didn't have a vision to change the world. I just needed to make my life better and hopefully help some people out at the same time. So that was, that was my motivation. That was why the experience um, the experience of that was very odd. And so if you are an entrepreneur or you own a small business and no one else in your family has ever been, like if you're the first entrepreneur in your family, you can probably relate. But um, a lot of the comments I got from my family were not very supportive. But not because they didn't want me to do it or they thought I'd fail or anything, but because they were just worried, right? Like a lot of times that kind of stuff comes from a place of love. So it's, 
it's not that they uh, don't support you. It's just that they're like worried about your financial future. <laughs> um, so not a lot of support in that way. Uh, my friends, again, a lot of my friends, you know, I didn't have friends that were business owners for the most part. Um, you know, other than everyone's got a couple of people in their friends group who sells like Epicure or Mary Kay or something like that, um, on the side for pocket change. So that doesn't count. I don't count that. Um, but they, they were also not supportive, but maybe not in such a an outright obvious way that I even realized it at first, but I got a lot of, oh, well, you're young, so if it doesn't work out, it'll be no problem for you to just get another job after. So, you know, at the time, I was like, yep, totally reasonable. But, of course, that whole statement is based on the, the fact that, well, when you fail, you're young enough that you'll still be hireable. <laughs> so looking back on it, it was like, that was a little bit toxic. But of course, again, it was coming from a place of love, <laughs> which I totally recognize. Um, so um, the reaction from my husband, I think because he saw firsthand what my job was doing to me. So he was definitely far more supportive. Like I didn't get those kinds of comments from him. Um, so that was good. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, luckily I very quickly, even before I actually launched my business, I, I joined some organizations, uh, because my business was in the planning phase months before I actually gave my notice. Uh, so I joined some organizations, uh, met some other business owners. And so of course they were starting out, we were all in the same, a similar boat. Uh, so that helped a lot. Um having like a community basically that was um that was supportive and that kind of you know could relate to what you were going through without that uh i might have uh i might have given in and not given my notice and i definitely would have been in the loony bin at this point uh so what what happened is that I started planning my business in the fall, again, the fall of 2011. So right after I'd, I'd went on a trip with a friend in the fall of 2011, uh, within a couple of weeks, I think of being home, I, it's, I'd made my decision to start a business. So I started researching, uh, I joined some organizations, started meeting other business owners. Uh, I actually registered my business in January 2012, <laughs> months before I gave my notice. Um, and then in mid-March of 2012, I gave my notice. And mistake number one, <laughs> I decided to give them six weeks notice, as opposed to just the regular two. That was for a few reasons. So reason number one is that I was having a really hard time keeping my secret 
that I was going to quit and start my own business. Uh, so that was reason number one. Um, reason number two is that the work I did was so specialized that they couldn't just replace me with somebody off the street. Like, if I had given two weeks notice, okay, wait, no, let me tell you what actually happened. I gave them six weeks notice and it still took them so long to find someone to replace me. And that was even internally. That was, they didn't even go externally. That was an, that was an internal move by somebody that I only had maybe three days with that person before I left and they had so much to learn that my former company actually had to hire me as a consultant to come back and provide training to that person. Um, I can't remember how long it was. I think it was off and on for a few months. Uh, so they were technically my first client. <laughs> um, so the, the six week thing, um, I did that because again, I, I was putting them before me. Uh, I should have just given two weeks notice and then been gone. Uh, but I gave them six weeks notice and they were the six most torturous weeks of my life. Because of course, anyone who has ever, uh, quit a job, as soon as you publicly state your desire to quit, you lose all motivation. <laughs> um, so I was probably the least productive in those six weeks than, you know, I had been at my most miserable working there. Uh, so that was part of the experience. That was a mistake. Um, the, the other, the other thing that, so when people tell me, okay, what did you do when you quit your nine to five and started working for yourself? So I quit and the, so my last day was a Friday. The Monday of the following week was the first day that my business officially started running. I didn't, my business wasn't running. Like I wasn't hustling part-time after hours for the first part of the year. Like a lot of people do, they start to, you know, they create their business, start to kind of build up some momentum before they quit their jobs, which I think is the smart thing to do. I didn't do that mentally. I couldn't, um, I couldn't, my brain had no room in it to deal with my nine to five and also try to run a business. I, I was doing the research and I was already struggling with that, like getting things set up. Uh, that was a struggle. That was enough struggle. Um, that I couldn't imagine actually running a business part-time at the same time. So for me, that was what I had to do, but it's not what I recommend. Uh, so if you're in a place where you, you don't mind your job, but you just want more. And so you start kind of cooking something up on the side and, and you can do that for a short term. Like if you have a goal for yourself, that's say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this part-time for six months. And then, um, and then if it seems like it's going well, maybe then I'll quit my job and do this full time. 
that is probably the smart thing to do. That is not what I did. Um, but in my situation, I couldn't have imagined trying to do the job and run a business part-time. So that, that, so this wraps up today's episode of BSing with Brandy. If you enjoyed this topic, you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com. The show notes and the links to the resources and people and courses and websites and things I mentioned will be in those show notes. While you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice. I wish you all the best getting shit done this week. Bye. Hey there, Brandy here. Just a heads up, this is part three in a four-part series. If you're looking for part one or part two, that is episodes number eight and number nine. Otherwise, enjoy.